Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week we're checking out a web series turned sitcom, Letter Kinney. So stay tuned to the end to find out more about BJ's hometown. It's nothing like the fictional town of Letter Kinney. Oh, are you not at the risk of being attacked by meth heads whenever you go out with your friends? I didn't have that struggle growing up, but mm. maybe I was just on a different side of town. You were on the other side of the train tracks. Yeah. And the border, because this is a show <laughs> set in Canada, and we are in the United States. So there's a few minor differences. Beach, what happened in Letter Kenny? So in this pilot episode titled Ain't No Reason to Get Excited, we end up seeing Daryl and Katie, and they're trying to help Wayne, who's Katie's brother and Daryl's friend get some action because he's recently had a breakup. And we also see Wayne reconnecting with his inner fighter after he made a promise to no longer get into physical altercations. And it's all really about the small group of friends. They all know each other. In this small fictional town of Letterkenny, you have the Hicks. They're the people, you know, on this small farm running a produce stand. You have the Skids. They're the potential meth heads. We don't know what drugs they're doing, but they're just doing themselves wearing all black <laughs> and we also have the hockey players this duo of two very bro-like guys who hang out with katie and are just always ready to get into a fight and try their best to throw out those insults and that's the world of Letterkenny. so bj how did you feel about this first episode i was actually surprised by it as we've said before in plenty of previous reviews i'm not the biggest fan of comedies so coming into this sitcom i had low expectations but there was a lot of witty banter some really clever back and forth, clever insults. There was a lot of pants being pulled down, which I wasn't a fan of, but I thought this was a funny show and surprisingly nuanced with the different characters. And you actually see different sides of people when I thought it would be more stereotypical hick, stereotypical jock, but there's some layers and I like that. What'd you think? I agree. So this show was created by Jared Kiso and Jay Jacob Tierney, Kiso being Wayne in this episode, and Jacob appearing later as Glenn as a recurring character in season one and full cast member in two and beyond. And it's based on Kiso's small hometown, Listowel. And when people do episodes making fun of small towns, they can be a little bit tough on them. They can be a little bit one dimensional of mm -hmm. these people are dumb. Thank goodness I made it out. I'm away from this backward environment. And it wasn't that. And I really liked that. I grew up in Georgia. And so the 30 Rock Stone Mountain episode still stings a little because my goodness what they assumed of Stone Mountain. So I liked this. I liked the way he portrayed his town. Yeah, I think he did a good job. And like you said, typically when you have these shows about small towns, it's about the main character either wanting to leave or sometimes you have an outsider dropped in and they're having culture shock. But this was really just about this is our life. We're all happy-ish here, just going about our day, dealing with each other. One of the main arcs this first episode was him finding himself after a bad breakup. Mm -hmm. But him finding himself seemed to come through tapping into the side of himself that he repressed for his ex-girlfriend and not fighting. And in the end, he gets into this wonderful bar brawl to show I'm still the same way and I can be me and get out of this. How did you feel about violence as a means of finding yourself? It's not the best message. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
I do think, you know, you can look at it from another perspective. It shows that you shouldn't repress a part of yourself to make someone else happy. Mm -hmm. And I think you even see themes of that popping up in other characters that Wayne encounters throughout the episode, like at the First Nation Church group, as well as some of the skids. So that part of that growth was a great message. It seemed like he took it to another level at the end when he started beating up his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. But I guess he had to let out that stress somehow. And he was at least defending someone else. He beat that man too hard. The first two hits, he could have settled it there. And then he really went in. I agree with you in that no one should suppress themselves to make themselves a different person for someone else. You should feel comfortable being yourself all the time Mm -hmm. for the most part. But I don't want to condone bad things. (laughs) Yeah, don't hurt people. (laughs) Don't hurt people. Oh my gosh, this is such an aside. But I love The Room, which is that terrible movie. And I've seen two or three screenings and Tommy Wiseau showed up to one of them and he had a rule for people watching the room. You can laugh, you can cry, you can feel what you need to feel, but don't hurt each other and don't hurt yourselves. And that's how I feel about human behavior. Just do what you need to do, but don't hurt nobody or yourself. That's good life advice. Tommy's smart. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But getting back to the fight, the only thing that was hard for me, and I think because the show was created in 2016, which means in theory it was filmed probably in 2015 because it was released very early 2016, I believe February, Mm -hmm. is all those shots to the head. I can't stop thinking about CTE now. Oh. I think about it all the time. I was watching that soccer game where the US women's team showed up and showed out and I saw all those headbutts and I was just like, (laughs) I thought soccer was safe. I was truly nervous for my ladies. And so that actually was my only issue with the fight. I guess he was coming into himself, whatever that means, but he punched him repeatedly in the head. And he was knocked out. I know you can't just catch CTE like that, but he's well on his way. Because how many concussions can you have? Three? I don't know. That already sounds like a lot. So yes, violence was excessive and concerning, but it was also therapeutic for Wayne. And before that, the other solution that his friends were offering for him was to go to the church group and actually was there to meet a girl and sleep with her. But I guess it was also for some community as well. What did you think of that crowd? I think you're on to something in that maybe one of the themes of the episode is people suppressing themselves to fit in or people finding these groups and clinging to them because there clearly is much to be discovered about this church group. I am getting closeted vibes foreshadowing for the pastor. I'm getting lots of foreshadowing of other secrets from the members of the church. They did have a really funny conversation about the sins of Tinder and all the terrible things that can happen on it. And yeah, I think it just feeds into that theme that you discussed earlier. Yeah, I definitely agree. With yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I made a great point. You did. Seriously. I made a great point and I'm glad you agree and realize I made a great point. I will always realize you make great points. Wow. You have great observation skills. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the church leaders didgeridoo solo? 
I know that's an instrument you have a personal connection with. Okay. Listeners, <laughs> BJ is making fun of me, but I'm really proud of this. When I was in middle school, I went to Australia. I had an opportunity to camp in the outback and we had an Aborigines guide and we carved didgeridoos with him and painted them. And it is very prominently displayed in my parents' home because I am very proud of it and I love it. And I don't know yet how to play it, but I did get it once to do that note, that sort of guttural sound of the didgeridoo. It's really hard to do. Mostly if you blow in it, it kind of sounds like a hollow whistle. Oh, okay. I've never tried playing one, so I don't know. You can come over to my house and jam. We'll save that for another time. So Beach, what did you think of our two hockey players? I thought they were funny in the dim-witted character type of way. You saw Wayne and Daryl do a lot of quick back and forth insults with them and throw their words at them and twist their words around before they could even realize how much they were being insulted. So I liked them for that comedy relief aspect. Unfortunately, they aren't too prominent in the episode. So I think that helps as well that they just pop up every now and then. I did read something odd though that apparently they're in a, and their characters' names are Riley and Jonesy. They're in a polyamorous relationship with Katie, Wayne's sister. Oh, cool. I thought originally just one of them was dating her, but I guess they're just open to whatever works for them. I think if polyamory is for you, dope. Are you going to pursue a polyamorous relationship? No, it's not for me. But if it's for you, I'm a firm believer. We can talk about this. <laughs> it is my general ethos. Okay. I am a firm believer in what's for you is for you. I think if you work really hard and you interview for a job, but you don't get it in that moment, it wasn't for you. For example, my friend recently went through a tough job search process and he really wanted a job at this one place and it didn't work out. But then he found out right after that it was a miserable place to work. He saw a bunch of people were trying to quit and he ended up getting a great job somewhere else. I'm not saying everything always works out nicely in the end, but I firmly believe in what's for you is for you. So I think that's a great life philosophy. How would you apply that towards the skids, the local drug addicts? I almost said whichever meth is for you. is for you. Find your favorite flavor and go for it. (laughs) I don't know if meth has flavors because I've never seen Breaking Bad. But that was another interesting case of molding yourself a bit to fit in with a group because they were all making fun of Wayne because he talked about Grindr. And they were saying all of these homophobic jokes at him. One of the dudes in the meth crew in the skids stops and before he can even get his protest out, the head methy is like, oh, no, no, no. We know who you are and we fully love and accept you for who you are because he was going to be like I'm gay and this is not cool and then because they had that moment he immediately jumps in with homophobic jokes and slurs and things at Wayne that was very funny that he was like we accept you but we gotta do this to make fun of Wayne but it was also real talk because you grew up in the south as well I knew a lot of folks they would say things about certain communities but then be like oh you're a good one yeah you have your favorites, people you have a personal connection with. So you're like, you don't count. Technically, that applies to you, but... 
eh, you're an exception. Books sure are fun, eh? Yes, especially ones from Canadian authors. And lucky for our listeners, this episode is brought to you by Audible, where you can find Canadian authors Margaret Atwood of Handmaid's Tale fame and Jan Martel, author of Life of Pi. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. You'll get a free 30-day trial membership, be able to browse their unmatched selection of audio programs by or a boot Canadians or not, and pick a title to download free and start listening. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash thepilotpod. Happy listening. And now back to our show. How did you feel about Wayne's sister? I liked her. I don't think we saw too much of her personality, but I think it's cool that she and her brother are running this farm and she seems very supportive of him, wanting him to move on from this breakup. They have a nice friendship to go along with being siblings. And I thought that was pretty cool to see. And you also see that they're close in that Wayne is always there to defend her as well. So it's nice that they're there for each other. And she seems to be the ultimate cause of him going back to being himself because she revs him up at the bar and tells him that he's getting away from himself. He's losing himself. And now that he's out of this relationship, he can start being himself again. And when he begins to argue with his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend, all of the things the dude says about his ex-girlfriend, he lets fly. He's clearly upset, but he doesn't engage physically with him. But then the dude brings up his sister and he snaps. Yeah, I like family loyalty. I firmly believe in that. What did you think of Wayne's friends, Daryl and Squirrely Dan? I think Daryl served a similar purpose to his sister in this episode. I'm excited to see his character grow. In this first episode, we're basically seeing him figure out how to get Wayne back out there. So Daryl isn't afraid to go outside of the box, like going to a tent revival to find your best friend, a rebound person. I love a loyal friend like Daryl. I just watched a really beautiful video on Twitter today of this woman surprising her friends with a trip to Caravana because they were all there for her during a really tough year. Apparently last year was very difficult for her and I think she's a sports anchor. So Daryl is one of those friends who maybe is a little out of the box in his thinking, but is very, very loyal. How did you feel about Squirrely Dan? I thought he was fun when he was telling a story to everyone and he had a stronger Canadian accent than the other characters so true as a non-canadian watching this that was entertaining i like when they say a boot and other canadian pronunciations of english words so that was why he was appealing to me just to hear him talk speaking of do you find the show funny because it was set in this small town canada or in spite of it like do you think that these things directly made you laugh or do you think you laughed because you understood the jokes anyway without having the cultural context. I think it was funny despite it being in a small town. Mm-hmm. But I understand you need that set up for this cast of characters to actually interact with each other. Yeah, I don't even know the answer to my own question, but I think that's it. Although there were some things, like you said, with Dan's accent that were distinctly Canadian that made me laugh because they were distinctly Canadian and maybe distinctly of the small town that Wayne and them live in. Oh, true. That could have been a hick accent. Yeah, because Canada is really putting out some fire shows. I love Kim's Convenience, but there's rarely a Canadian accent on that show. Just sometimes the way they say things like, sorry, where you're like, oh, this is Canadian. (laughs) And then same with Schitt's Creek, which is delightful. And Degrassi. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was my first Canadian, or at least I'm aware of, first Canadian show. And I never realized that was Canadian until I looked it up. 
They didn't have strong accents. I actually didn't really like Drake's song, I'm Upset, but now I love it because Drake was Jimmy on Degrassi and he spoofed Degrassi for the music video of I'm Upset. So in the I'm Upset music video, he has the OVO crew chase down who shot Jimmy and he has the whole original crew come back. It's so good. Jay and Silent Bob make an appearance. The song to me is truly fine. Like it's a fine song, but the music video to be taken down the memory lane, I forgot how good Degrassi was until I saw that music video. And all these memories came flooding back of Manny and Emma and Craig and Ashley and Jimmy. And I was just like, ah, my old crew, Paige, Spinner. Although I think it's nostalgia goggles because I think I tried watching the new Degrassi on Netflix and clearly this is made for middle schoolers. But did you try the old Degrassi? I haven't, but thinking back on it, I'm pretty sure it was really good because we were the target age. Yeah. Yeah, like it really spoke to us, like what Euphoria is doing for the young people right now. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. You need to rewatch an episode to see if it is as good as you remember. You know what holds up, though, is two or three years ago, I reread Harry Potter, and I thought that was legitimately good. I think I had some nostalgia from reading it as a child, but I had not read it since I was a child, and it was really interesting, and I'd forgotten a lot, and I couldn't get through the books fast enough to find out what happened. Yeah. JK is really good at world building. Sometimes she needs to stop building the world. Yeah, she's really good. I was going to say <laughs> at, at world tearing down too, at world Godzilling. She just sometimes adds too much after a certain point, but it's still a skill to develop such a complex world. That's very true. Did you get any web series vibes or do you think they successfully made themselves come across as a TV series? I was surprised that this was a web series. I only knew that because I saw saw that Hulu had picked it up. And so I read about the genesis of the show. But if I had just seen that first episode, I wouldn't have known it was a web series because I actually just finished watching The Guild for the first time. I love The Guild. I used to watch that as it came out. Yeah, so I recently watched it and that feels like a web series. Yeah. But I think intentionally so because she's intentionally setting it in this world where she films her cutaway scenes via webcam or in webcam style. Mm Mm-hmm. It's set with this internet era in mind. And I think they even released the episodes on Xbox. Yeah, I think Microsoft helped fund some of the episodes. That makes sense because you can see in the later episodes, Mama had a budget. But for this one, it was really good. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either. So props to them for pulling it off. I'm sure if we looked at the web series, we'd notice the quality difference. True. It's still great that they were able to prove that they're worthy of being a full series and not just a short web show. So let's head into our final rating for Letterkenny. Well, I initially thought this show was about Lena Dunham's Lenny Letter website. So (laughs) it's a step up from me trying to figure out what that meant. I would watch again casually. This show made me laugh. I love comedies. So for our listeners who like comedies, I don't think that I specifically was the audience for this. I think this show has a very specific audience in mind. But if general humor makes you laugh and Canadians saying a boot and a makes you laugh, then I would check out this show here and there. I think that's a good point. I agree that I'm also not in the target audience for this show. And you know, I don't like comedies, but I would rate this would watch again while on a plane. 
Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to change to that. This is a half hour show. I would definitely load up some of these for a flight or watch one in the airport. Or when you and I went to New York together via Amtrak, we loaded up some cheesy Netflix movies. And I think this would slot in perfectly with that lineup. Yeah, knock out like three of these on the train. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Watch this on your next trip, whether you're traveling by train, plane, or car. As long as you're not driving. Yeah. Any of those things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can find more episodes at thepilotpodcast.com. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps people find us. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send thoughts, feelings, show recommendations. Please keep these coming. We've really been enjoying clearing this list to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.